Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I've known for a while, you know, uh, I think, just now is kind of leading into spring training and, and, you know, don't want to take anything away from that. And, and hopefully we have spring training on time and, um, you know, all that stuff. But um, like I said, I've known for a while and, and just kind of wanted to get into the off season and, and sit down and make sure that, that it was right. And it is, and, and um, you know, wanted to get through the holidays as well. So uh, I guess there's no real, Great time, but this is as good a time as any. Hour number two with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am Anthony Heron, and that was, of course, the voice of John Lester. Cubs great, Red Sox great, potential future Hall of Famer. Call the quiz today. It is never easy to hang him up. I've been through that. I went through it in multiple sports myself, to be honest with you, but certainly didn't get the the long-tenured and storied professional athletic career that John Lester had going there with multiple World Series rings, able to help the Cubs in their curse. So in addition to that, as you just heard John Lester reference there when he was on with Parkins and Spiegel earlier, there is a little bit of a, a question mark on on when, if, how the baseball season and the timing of that will begin when spring training is set to, to happen really about a month now, a month from now when pitchers and catchers are expected to report. Let's get into all those things. Well, I got Bruce Levine. He's on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, our score baseball expert. Bruce, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Anthony. It's good to be with you. And uh, it's also uh... – Nice to uh, have uh, listened to uh, John Lester exclusively with uh, Danny and Matt this afternoon talking about his retirement. It was uh, it was interesting to hear. And uh, where would you like to start with that? Well, I would say to to go back to what it meant for for the time period. And I'm wondering, just going back to that period, it, it's it's one thing to view the John Lester signing and what it eventually meant in, in retrospect. But at the time when the Cubs were able to nab him in free agency before they had really won a thing, what do you remember about just that time period? And, and even your initial reaction once the, once the announcement was made that John Lester had officially signed with the Cubs. It just, uh, it just was a point where Epstein and Hoyer and the Ricketts family threw down the gauntlet and said, uh, we're going to pay the most money in franchise history for a free agent. And uh, we expect him to help lead us to a world series. More importantly, Anthony, what it really said was 
this is the future destination of great baseball at Wrigley Field on the north side of Chicago, and we're going to be in contention for a long period to come. And if you'll just skip into 2015 was a great breakout year for the Cubs. They went from 89 losses to, uh, I believe, 97 or 98 wins. And uh, they won the, uh, uh, the first round of the playoffs. They won a wild card. They won the first round of the playoffs and lost in the NLCS to the uh, Mets. But more importantly, what it did was it, it gave the idea of John Lackey. It gave the idea of Ben Zobris. It gave the idea of Jason Hayward that this indeed on the north side of Chicago was the happening place, the place to be, the place to where champions were going to go. And in that off season of 2015, after the Cubs surprised everybody, they signed those three guys, and uh, they were huge pieces to the puzzle for the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Now that was a it was a cool portion of the the interview that he did with Danny and Matt, just in, in being sort of retrospective about that time period. You know, he had already been around winning, of course, and then the trust that it took for him to come here to Chicago. And once some of those other vets were willing to come the following offseason, what effect did John Lester continue to have just on the locker room, on, on those other vets, the pitchers, but then also some of the youth that hadn't necessarily been a part of winning at that level before? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it had a lot to do with it. It had a lot to do with a lackey coming, someone that uh, he won a World Series with in Boston. And they're – their closest. It, it had a lot to do with David Ross signing with the Cubs as a backup catcher. Not too many people in Chicago knew who David Ross was, but uh, the Cubs knew the importance of David Ross. He was John Lester's catcher, but he, in essence, he turned out to be a lot more than just John Lester's catcher. He turned out to be a leader on this team, and for a backup catcher to be a leader on a team takes an awful lot. Uh, when I when you talk about a leader, I'm talking about a backup catcher who would get in the face of John Lester, who would get in the face of John Lackey, if you can imagine that. John Lackey once told me about David Ross that he would get into both of their faces, Lester and into his face, and he said, you think David Ross is a great guy because he talks to all you guys in the media and gives a lot of interviews. Well, he's a blank and blankety blank is what he is. But the other thing is, is that he's a winner, and we're all here to do one thing. As, as uh, Lackey said during that season, I didn't come to Chicago to get a haircut. So uh, his, his idea was they're there to win a World Series, and John Lester was ever-present with uh, being a great teammate and being a leader on that team, getting it done. But much more than that, it, it's rare when you have leaders on teams that are pitchers but Lackey and uh, Lester were leaders on that team, both in the clubhouse and on the field. And John Lester's a guy who could have continued to play the game and continued to play it at a competitive level, but certainly not, not like his old self. But when you're thinking about maybe trying to pad some Hall of Fame stats and things of that sort, does it surprise you at all? I mean, he obviously struggled his way through last season. Does it surprise you at all? He didn't try to come back for maybe another year or beyond? No, he's got great pride, and, and he's all about winning. He got his 200th win. You know, uh, if, if you're a numbers person, 
here's some real magic numbers for uh, what I, I see of uh, John Lackey. Nine years with Boston, he had a uh, he had a nine a six thirty six winning percentage, which is enormous, and a three point six four ERA. Five six years with the Cubs, he had a three point six four ERA and a six and a six and point sixty three six winning percentage. Exact numbers with both teams for fifteen years. The consistency of this guy and then you look at his championship uh, pitching four and one in world series in three different world series with an era of 177 this guy's all about winning he's not there to, to try to pad his numbers he's there to win he he admitted that uh it was be, becoming more difficult to uh to get up for every game and he decided that when it became too hard to uh, to do it uh it took the joy out of the game it was time for him to move on, and that's exactly what he did. Bruce Levine with me here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score is our score baseball analyst. You can also find him all over the Marquee Network. He is on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, and he joins me here on the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, the Hall of Fame. Do you believe it's in the future of John Lester? It's a great question, Anthony, you know, because – we're not going to have 300 game winners anymore in baseball. Yeah, That's not the yeah. nature of the game, right? So, so the new num the new big number is probably going to be 200 to two and a quarter. That will be the that'll be the the, the mark of a guy who uh, went to the post every day and pitched 30 games for 15 years, and uh, that's exactly what uh, what uh, John Lester did. So here's the litmus test for that. Kurt Schilling has been very close. He had like 73%. You need 75% to get into the Hall of Fame. He had 73 last year. Don't know if he's going to get it this year. But the litmus test is that if you ever compare Kurt Schilling's numbers in general, but also his great postseason pitching, these two guys are comps. And I think and I believe as we go on, that uh, John Lester's dominance during the time that he pitched, not his overall, you know, having to win 250, 300 games, which isn't even uh, reasonable anymore. If you were a dominant pitcher for 10, 12, 13 years, like Lester and Schilling were, uh, you're going to get in the Hall of Fame. So I think five years from now, I think John Lester has a real good chance of gaining momentum. He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Anthony, you're on the ballot for 10 years. If you get 5% or more in the first year, you're on the ballot. John Lester will get that. I just think at some point, whether it's um, five years into the process, six, seven years, I think John Lester will eventually be a Hall of Famer. I'm sure there's a lot of Cubs fans out there that would no doubt agree with you on that. Bruce Levine, what's up? Let's step back and look at some of the big picture topics with baseball. Of course, chief amongst those, the negotiations during the lockout here. Uh, they're expected to meet via Zoom tomorrow. What, what are your expectations for this latest meeting that apparently the MLB side initiated? My guess on uh, what the owners are going to offer is a, uh, a a new minimum salary for players. So, so Anthony, right now it's 575000 a year for players who are one through years one through the years three 
Okay. Uh, that's the minimum. That's, that's what the teams can pay them if they want to for those three years before they go to arbitration. I believe there'll be an escalating scale offered at a higher figure, uh, starting at maybe 700000 a year for entry-level first year, escalating up to maybe 800 maybe 900 over the second and the third year, so that uh, entry-level players can make themselves an awful lot of money uh, because the average playing career, Anthony, is three and a half years now in Major League Baseball. So if a guy can make somewhere between 2 to $3 million uh, over that period of time, and he's only a marginal player that only lasts for three years, he's still going to have a real nice nest egg to go into real life after that at age 27, 28, 29, 30. And uh, that, that is going to be a more feasible number. I, I believe that the owners will offer a higher number on com- com- a competitive balance tax, which is the, uh, what, what's called the, the ceiling for what um, teams can spend on payroll before there's a penalty. Uh, this year was 210 million dollars and then there was escalations after that that would uh be a penalty for a team if they went over it i I believe it'll be higher 210 220 maybe escalating to 230 uh 235 to 40 over a five-year period so i think that will be offered as well i think they're going to also offer maybe a little bigger piece of the pie to the uh, players via uh expanded playoffs whether there's 12 teams or 14 teams instead of the 10 uh, in each 10 that's all together right now for the playoffs, more money for everybody, more TV money uh, that that is probably going to be offered as well. So I I expect there to be some form of reasonable uh, guidelines they put down to offer to the players. I think the players will step back, take three to five days, maybe a little longer to consume it and come back with a counter. I believe this will go into early February before they sit down. And hopefully by uh, second week of February, you know, usually by the 11th, 12th of February, spring training begins, pitchers and catchers report. Hopefully by that, that time, and I'm being optimistic, uh, they be, they, there's a settlement. It might take a little while longer. That would be upsetting the fans. It would be upsetting to cities in Arizona and Florida who depend on uh, spring training and the revenues that come in the upsetting to regular to fans of the Cubs and White Sox and the other 28 teams. But um, I I think there's a deal here. Anthony, there's $11 billion a year to divide up. Mm. There's a lot of money there. Okay. Nobody's going to walk away from the table poor. Okay. So it's going to be a good deal uh, for both sides, regardless uh, it's the fans that do not need to be punished and um, be dragged through uh, no spring training or a late beginning to the season. That is not a very good idea. It's not a good plan for either the owners or the players. And I, I find that what you referenced there to be one of the more interesting parts about how this times up, Bruce, because between COVID and now having this off-season work stoppage, I'm wondering how much the fact that We've already seen baseball have to miss some time, miss some work, miss some revenue. How does that end up factoring into the urgency that both sides may feel to actually get a deal struck here? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And think about this, Anthony. 
2020, they played 60 games in front of zero fans. Maybe a few fans showed up at the end of the year in Texas where they allowed them. In 2021, just last year, full ballparks didn't begin till the end of June. Right. And what, what we have here are two different things. One, not full revenues for either side to split up. And more importantly, you are training baseball fans not to go to the ballpark. And mm-hmm. that is a dangerous, dangerous premise. When you give them time to go and find other things to do other than going to the ballpark during the baseball season. So I think both sides should be very cautious and tread lightly when they realize that fans will find other things to do if you don't cater to them and give them full seasons and make sure that you give them the respect that they really deserve because there is no baseball without baseball fans. And you, you obviously remember it better than I do, Bruce, but I've like, there's, you know, friends of mine and work colleagues who are in twenties and I've, I've sort of had to almost teach them about the times in the early nineties mm-hmm. when, when baseball was coming out of work stoppages. And if, if it wasn't for Cal Ripken and Sosa McGuire, right. like the way the league is viewed right now. Yeah. There, there's some work to be done, but it, it could be on much even shakier footing if it wasn't for kind of the revitalization of things baseball wise in the late nineties. And that wasn't that long ago. Um, It's an excellent point you bring up because it took baseball, as you said, a full five years. And uh, as you said, the Ripken breaking the Gehrig record and Sosa and McGuire igniting baseball again with, uh, you know, the the, the baseball, you know, seemed like a uh, a video game of baseball with the home runs they were hitting. As it turned out, it really was a video game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. A very juiced up video game. Um, <laughs> last thing before I let you run, Bruce, I am curious. I was, kind of, I was kind of anticipating going into this negotiation that service time manipulation may be something that players tried to draw a line mm-hmm. in the sand on. How, how aggressive do you anticipate the MLBPA side being about that in particular? I, I think they're going to be pretty adamant about it. And uh, I think they, they need to – I think Major League Baseball teams and owners – need to uh, come up with a better solution than uh, having uh, Chris Bryant sit on the bench for two weeks in, in the, or be in the minor leagues for two weeks, not helping uh, a team try to win a, a World Series in 2015. He was a dominant player out of that spring training. He hit 11 home runs to talk of baseball, and he gets sent back to Iowa. That, that can never be good for baseball. Uh, I understand that the teams had their right to, and they get, they get to keep, keep the player for the seventh year. But uh, a better system has to come up uh, for that because it, it, it's not right to punish uh, players or fans or teams uh, by not having the best 25 or 26 players come out of spring training to help the team win. Yeah, if the Patriots had to say, well, you know, sorry, Mac Jones, but we, we don't think you're quite ready yet. We're, we're going yeah. to let Cam start the first two games. Well, you know what, Justin? <laughs> Justin Fields, sit on the bench for a few more weeks just so we make sure we get that rookie control for an extra season. It, just, it doesn't stand to reason why they would allow that to continue in baseball. That does not make sense at all, Anthony. All right, well, Bruce, as always, of course, sensational stuff, man. Looking forward to your continued coverage because this, this baseball offseason, we're hoping it's it's about a month, right? Pitchers and catchers, that's when we're expecting it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, um, again, nobody dares predict the date, but I think we've laid out some really important reasons why 
they should have something done by early February. If they don't, uh, you know, shame on them. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how the fans react to it. Well, you folks know where to find him. He's on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, our analyst, our expert here on the score. And you can find him all over the marquee sports network as well. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Take care, Anthony. Thank you. That is the great Bruce Levine joining me here on the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. When we return, I'm going to open up the phone lines, 312-644-6767. It's my first time to, to discuss directly with you where you feel things sit with the Bears. So I'm going to open up the phone lines and allow that. We'll get into some text uh, on the text zone as well, presented by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. So open phone lines for just a few minutes. We're going to get to Bill Wennington. Bill's going to join us later on this hour, just sort of previewing the game he's about to call between the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. That game will be right here on the score. That game, I'm taking you all the way up to Bulls coverage, the pregame going to be at 845 is going to be with chuck and bill game itself will tip at nine over at the uc so we got bill is going to join me in a few minutes but we'll do a segment of open phone lines just to allow you to get involved in the discussion here about any topic under the sun we'll do that next here on chicago sports radio 670 score call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Go Bears. Strong <laughs> finish from the chairman after all that. Taking on the Assembled Media for an hour. It was undaunted. Grew up in it. Made it strong with the Go Bears. That is, of course, the voice of George McCaskey, the way he ended the presser on Monday addressing the Assembled Media. Well, do you want a chance? Do you want to cash in during the pro football playoffs? Try out giving props. A free-to-play contest on BetQL.com. Every round of the playoffs will post 10 props. Simply create an account. And make your picks for a chance to win $2,000 in weekly winnings. Plus, just by signing up, you're entered into a random grand prize drawing for $10,000. 10 stacks. That's right. You heard it. Matt Damon might call it 10 stacks of high society, I suppose. Get started today at betql.com slash props. That's betql.com slash props. This week's props are listed as such. You can go with Joe Mixon, over under 91 and a half rushing yards. Tom Brady, over under 294 and a half passing yards. That one certainly seems gettable for Mr. Brady. Najee Harris, over under 77 and a half rushing yards. Or maybe something like Kyler Murray. If that's more your speed, 248 and a half passing yards. That's the over under on Kyler Murray. Those are your wild card round props. You can go with a number of other options available to you at betql.com slash props. 
312-644-6767. I'm Anthony Heron. Going to be joined in a few minutes by Bear, by Bulls great Bill Winnington. He's going to be on the call, as he always is, with Chuck Swirsky as the Bulls get ready to host the Brooklyn Nets, a potentially full-strength Nets squad that will be at the UC facing a Bulls team that's still getting itself healthy, but a lot of the stars have been able to return to the lineup, and they have been balling out of control as of late. Really looking forward to that game. It's a national game, so you won't be able to hear or see our local guys call it, but you will get to hear our guys here on the score on the call there with the Bulls against the Nets. So that's going to come up at 9 o'clock tonight. Bulls pregame at 845 here on the score. Uh, we do have some some calls on the line now, 312-644-6767. Some folks wanting to talk about the Bears. Terrell is out on the west side wanting to get involved in the discussion right now. What's up, Terrell? You got Anthony Heron. What's going on, Ant? Oh my goodness! Hey, I'm I'm pumped up about this whole thing. Okay. It's sad that it's sad that this you know coaching GM search is like the most fun we've had in a long time. It's really sad. I'm wondering, like when they were talking about the whole firing the coach thing in the middle. You know, I see Las Vegas in the playoffs right now. You know, and I, I'm just it's like the players on the field. Do they really want to? You know. Do you want to get them in the best spot so they can still be playing now? Even if they were playing and they lose, they fire them afterwards. I don't care, but at least we're still <laughs> playing. They're playing decent. Anyway, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that because I see this Flores and went and won like eight of the last nine games. People get hot at the right times, and they're executing well. I just want to see some good football. I'll be quiet and listen. Yeah, I, I feel you on that, Terrell. I do because the – I'm usually my I usually veer more towards the the thought that that continuity is a good thing. So I know the discussion really began in a more urgent manner last offseason after the Bears kind of squeaked into the playoffs and a lot of folks were talking about Matt Nagy's job security then. I didn't I didn't take any issue with the Bears giving him one more year just based off where the franchise was at, the investment that they've made in so many players on the roster and so to hire a new coach at that point, you were really already you would have been signaling kind of rebuild in that moment if they did it then, but then you get into this season and the fire coach during the year doesn't normally work out nearly as well as has been working out for the Raiders. You know, like and of course right now the Raiders didn't really plan on moving on from John Gruden. It was just all the revelations about his racist emails that came out. So then they were essentially forced to move on from John Gruden. And it just so happened that they they had an assistant in-house that apparently has has turned out to be a good leader. So I think that certainly went into the, the decision both in Las Vegas and in Jacksonville where sort of outside forces that came about, sort of, you know, public situations, controversies were the reason that John Gruden and Urban Meyer were without jobs during the season. But more often than not, you tend to see teams try to stick it out fairly deep into the year. So I don't know, I don't know necessarily, I don't feel like the Bears – missed out or lost out on anything by not making a move during the season. But at the moment, the Raiders, we'll see. Maybe they're losing out on a little bit, but I, I doubt it because you got a quarterback in Derek Carr. You got other members of that roster who've been building towards what they're hoping will be a deep playoff run, even though it you know doesn't necessarily look like a team that's going to be a Super Bowl competitor. But I think the way the roster's structured at the moment, you know, they I think they're, they're still served pretty well by making the playoffs and kind of seeing what they can get done now that they're there. Let's get another caller in before we get out to, to Bill Wennington. We've got Nick in Arlington on the line right now. What's happening, Nick? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thanks I'm just kind of shocked. 
I'm just kind of shocked right now that Jimmy Harbaugh's name has not come in, up in this whole Bears equation here. And I, there's a guy who he's had success at the college level and at the pro level, you know, with the 49ers. I, I just, and him being an ex-Bear, I just cannot believe the Bears aren't entertaining or bringing him into the conversation to maybe start out as a coach and then we'll get you as a GM that you can work with, which has never happened for the Bears. And the whole Ryan Pace thing is way gone. And I, I, I'm one of those guys that firmly believe in all of pro sports, a manager, a coach is only good as the players, as general manager gives them. And, and I, I, maybe that's why Harbaugh doesn't want to come here, but I just can't believe his name has been mentioned a little bit in the conversation. So I, I would assume that, that the point that Nick is making there is not that he hadn't heard, because, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can necessarily – turn on television here in Chicago or get on Twitter or something when they're talking about the Bears job opening, even before Matt Nagy had officially been fired. Jim Harbaugh's name had been one of the ones that was getting mentioned a lot, but I assume the point that Nick is more so making is that in this initial, let's call it 36 hours of of interview names that have been kind of been thrown about here, Jim Harbaugh has not been one of the interviews that's been kind of bandied about yet. Now, that being said, Jim Harbaugh hadn't interviewed anywhere yet. So I think, you know, if he does actually go to the extent of beginning to interview for NFL jobs, I'd be shocked if he wasn't willing to and if the Bears didn't want to interview him. As of right now, we're not even certain if Jim Harbaugh's looking to leave college at the moment. He's at his alma mater. He's coming off the best season he's had there. He may stay at Michigan, but if he does legitimately start interviewing for NFL gigs, I, I think we'll likely pretty quickly hear that the Bears are interviewing him and that he's interested in, in doing so with them. So not a bad observation, but I, I'd say just, just hang tight on the Harbaugh thing. My, my guess is he's going to stay at Michigan, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, some Bulls action to discuss here. Let's take a timeout on the other side of this break. Get Big Bill Winnington on the line here. A big game coming up at the United Center that'll be right here on the score. We'll bring that to you. But before that, let's get a preview with Mr. Winnington himself. We'll do that next on the score. Detroit will advance left forecourt, and this ball game is over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 133 to 87. And the Bulls have now won 10 straight over Detroit and take a 3-0 season series lead. You know that voice. You'll be hearing it here in about one hour, the Bulls pregame. Just before the game tips off here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score, the Bulls are prepared to host the Brooklyn Nets. And one of the voices of the Bulls, Chuck Swirsky, just tweeted out about an hour ago that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden all expected to play in the game tonight. So, Bulls still a bit depleted, but... They're going to face what is essentially a full-strength Brooklyn Nets squad. So you hear that game here on The Score. Chuck will be on the call along with the man in the middle who joins me right now on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, Bill Winnington, with me here on The Score. Bill, you ready for this game or what, man? I am absolutely ready for this game. It's uh, kind of a highlighter game right now. For some reason, this game's always been at 9 o'clock the whole season, the whole schedule, but all of a sudden, it's national TV because I guess 
I guess Brooklyn's playing well or something like that. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you got the top two teams in the Eastern Conference preparing to lock horns and do battle. So the fact that you will have Brooklyn's big three on the court together. Yeah, you got an ankle here and a you know a boo-boo there or whatever, but their big three is going to be on the court. Our big three is going to be on the court. Do you think that gives additional sort of credibility to th- this matchup itself because the, at least the top end of each roster w- will be on the court locking horns? It, it absolutely does, especially with where both teams are right now in the conferences, one and two, and, and the Bulls really kind of – playing really well just uh, coming off a couple of games ago, a nine-game winning streak, and then Brooklyn getting all three guys back really for the first time healthy for the most part this season. It, it puts a lot on, and a lot of people think this could be a, a big uh, Eastern Conference Finals uh, prelude t- here tonight at the United Center. So uh, it is a big game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's always fun to talk about basketball when you got two uh, major teams like that playing uh, any time during the season. It's, uh, it's news. And the the way that the Bulls have been playing, you know, winning 10 out of the last 11, like you were referencing a moment ago, and the, the shooting, even from players like Lonzo Ball, has continued here. And that, that upward trajectory that he had been on, I'm wondering if, you know, beyond just what, what we kind of view as the big three of each squad, could Lonzo's role as being kind of a, you know, a, a deterrent to some of the offensive firepower that the Nets have while also maybe providing beyond just the, the big three offensive punts that the Bulls have, but maybe providing his own offensive impact as well. Is he one of those X-factor type of players tonight? Well, he absolutely is. And and I think if if you looked at Lonzo's career before this season, his three-point shooting uh, would not be where it is right now. He's really stepped that, that part of his game up and, and playing really well. And the other thing that he does that I, I don't think gets talked about near enough anymore is his defense. And he's been one of the main cogs uh, defensively for the Bulls, keeping the perimeter uh, from penetration. And even when he does get beat, he rotates back down, gets a steal or a block shot. So he really has become a vital part of what this Bulls team is. And I think uh, the addition of him and Alex Crusoe defensively has kind of got this whole team thinking more defensive-minded. Bill Wennington with me here on the score, getting set for Bulls and Nets. That game will be tonight at 9 o'clock on the score. Bulls pregame begins at 845. And when when Harden, Irving, and Durant are all in the court together, I mean, it's been a, a historic level of offense when the three of them have actually been in the lineup at the same time. It just hadn't really happened that frequently over the last couple of seasons. I'm, I'm wondering, from the Bulls' perspective, you, you were just talking defense. When the three of them are on the court together i'm not sure exactly how you try to go about defending them but just schematically what what do you think is is the bulls best bet matchup wise well the bulls have done a good job all season long fighting over screens and trying to stay with their man and they do switch at times and when they do switch and they're playing well the rotations are on point so it's like everyone's connected to a string. So as soon as one guy goes to double, he's pulling two or three guys around to, to match up, to help the helper, so to speak. And for the most part this season, the Bulls have really done a great job at that. The one time uh, recently that I think they didn't do well was in Dallas when uh, Dantich was able to pick them apart when he had got double teamed and the rotations were a little slow there. But really, for the most part, I think the Bulls have done a great job. And the other thing the Bulls do really well is they play with energy. And you have a whole bunch of guys that have come in and IOs come in. And I think he surprised a lot of people with his energy defensively, what he can do. 
Uh, and it, Jones has come in and played well. Brown has come in and played a great defense. So we've had a lot of guys step up and play really well defensively. And I think that energy really frustrates teams because I don't think uh, NBA teams today are used to that physical, physicality on defense of guys just not giving up and not quitting. It seems to me, and I think last night was a supreme example of where Zach Levine hasn't been forcing the issue this season. I, I say, as much as I've been, like I've been a huge proponent of Zach Levine and the questions about whether or not the Bulls should invest him as a max player and all those things, I've been completely on board with that. But my anticipation hasn't been what, what's actually played out. Where I thought Zach Levine with the you know, sort of an infusion of talent on the roster. I thought he would come in this season and say, man, can I average 35 points a game now that there's other threats out here? And he's been like the exact opposite of that. He's been, he's been fine, you know, deferring to DeMar Rosen frequently enough and, and the additional work and energy it takes for him to be an improved defensive player and distributor. I've just been struck by how unselfish Zach Levine has been. I think last night was a great example of that. What, what have been your observations? It's, that's a huge example. But if you go back and look, and he had 10 points last night, but his line was great. A lot of rebounds, a lot of assists. Uh, and I thought he, he deferred very well last night. Now, he didn't shoot well, uh, but he got to the foul line when he needed to get to the foul line. And, and that's what you have to do. But with this team, and I think Zach's playing it exactly right, where we have other guys that can pick up the slack and play well and produce offensively, he doesn't have to. Having said that, over the last five games, he still is the Bulls' leading scorer. I think he's averaging 25 points a game over the last five games or 26 points a game, and DeMar DeRozan is, is a, a point behind him. So he still can score, and he's showing that he can score, uh, put up 30 points a night uh, if, if he needs to. And, and, and both he and DeMar uh, have played well off of each other when they're both on the floor playing together. So it really is, in, in my case, the perfect storm for the Bulls to do well because you have two guys that can create – and get their shot and score, but they're they're playing together and playing well off of each other. Yeah, just a, an incredible degree of of maturity it seems for guys twenty six years old. Yeah, he's been around the block in the league for a while here, but man, he just it, it just feels like he's just comfortable in in his own skin, and has been that way for a couple of seasons now. And it's just paying off in so many different ways for for himself and for the guys around him. And uh, you, you mentioned Al Desumu a, a little bit earlier. He's, he's the Illini product, and so many folks have gotten to watch his high school and collegiate career. And it's kind of like he, with Alex Caruso out of the lineup quite a bit here lately, as, as well as Io had played def- before, now it seems like where Caruso would be kind of the, the energy giver and at times the stopper defensively when he would come in, it almost feels like Io's kind of had an enhanced role in that manner now where – Io's the guy, like kind of six-man roller. Hey, we we need some juice. We need a stop. And Io DeSumo's the guy coming in being kind of the, you know, the backcourt enforcer type. And I, I've been really struck by that. Uh, yeah, it, that's been amazing to watch his development. I mean, when he first came to the league, uh, the league when he came in at the beginning of the season, you, you could see him drive into the basket and get his shot blocked. But now he's, he's realized how he can score, what he has to do to get up and get a shot at the rim. And defensively, he's been such a great player. And the, and you mentioned his energy. And I think that surprised a lot of people. But he is playing a lot more now. I think he's earned more time on the court. And he's become a big part of his team. And it's exactly what the Bulls need, especially now with Kobe White coming back. You have Io and Kobe, both guys that have been able to put some points on the board. 
and, uh, and defensively stay on the floor and, and kind of give the starters a little bit of rest when they need them and bump up that bench pr- production to help the Bulls win more games. What do you think about Kobe White's game that in the way it's begun to emerge, and it seems to be an enhanced confidence in him offensively lately? I, I think he's he's matured, and I think maybe sitting out was he was able to sit back and watch a little bit, and I think he understands more what he can do on the floor. Uh, he's been a much better facilitator since he's been back, and he's been much more consistent shooting uh, the basketball, shooting the ball really well. And to be honest with you, I think it, it's it's exactly what the Bulls needed right now because the bench was having trouble scoring. And he's a guy that Billy can put in a game for, for those moments when the team is the whole team is struggling a little bit. Uh, he has the ability, Kobe does, to hit a shot, get to the basket, and make a great play. So uh, that offensive explosion that he has has really been a big benefit for the Bulls this season. Do you think DeMar DeRozan, is it, is it more of a local thing with the, the old DeMar for MVP? Or do you think it's gotten enough national steamers? Tonight, the kind of night you're know, being on, on a national, nationally televised game can, can give additional credence to DeMar DeRozan and, and the MVP caliber season he seems to be having. You know, that, that's one of the things we've been talking about all, all season long is just how good he's been and why is he not uh, mentioned more in the talks for MVP. And I, I really honestly think it's because we just haven't had that many national te- televised games that a lot of people ha- in, the, in the country have been able to see him. So really this will be the f- first big test nationally that, that he has. And uh, I think his name should be in there because I don't think anyone expected the Bulls to be uh, first in the Eastern Conference this season. And he's, he's the big reason, he and Zach are the big reasons why the Bulls are in where they are right now. And before I let you run, Bill, because I know you're looking forward to the call of the game here in, in just over an hour at this point, but when you look at the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, this, there's certainly the possibility that tonight will, will be just the latest of several other times when we look forward to the postseason where maybe the Bulls and the Nets see each other. With their big three, Are you? do you still see them as sort of the, the main antagonist for the Bulls in the Eastern Conference as Milwaukee and, and Miami? Like, Where do you see sort of the hierarchy of the main threats to the Bulls to try to maintain the number one seed? Well, Brooklyn is right there, and obviously there's a team right behind the Bulls, and they have the ability to, to put points on the board and they've all been in big games before. So I fully expect them to be hovering around the Eastern Conference Finals somewhere. I would not count Milwaukee out, uh, and then you never know what Miami can do to come in. So there's still a lot of talent in the Eastern Conference. So, But I, if you ask me who I think is the biggest right, right now, I'd say it's Brooklyn. They're right behind us. Milwaukee's just behind them. Uh, you never count out uh, the team that won the championship the year before because once the playoffs start, uh, that playoff mentality kicks in. All right, well, he is on Twitter at 34Billy42. He is Bill Wennington, one of the voices of your Chicago Bulls right here on 670 The Score. Looking forward to you and Chuck on the call tonight, Bill. It's going to be a really fun one. It, it, it better be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the great Bill Wennington. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Really appreciate him joining me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. When I come back, I, I am going to talk a little bit more hoopage like I was just doing there with Bill as we get ready to lead into the Bulls game here between the Bulls and the Nets on the score. But specific to uh, one, one of the players at one of the local products and just his role in things and the, the Bulls lineup 
at large. And, and one of the things that's really sort of taken me aback about their approach to things, and also, like I was talking about in the first hour of the show with love, and I've seen some of the texts coming in here, help me out, because I, I got some free time coming up this weekend, so in my final hour that I have with you here, I want to know, man, give me some ideas, give me some thoughts. How will you out there, because I'm sure you would have preferred if the Bears made the playoffs and you were sitting around getting ready to watch some Bears football in this super wild card weekend, as the NFL's calling it, but that ain't the case. You're not going to be watching the Bears. Are you going to be watching other games? Are you going to be doing something else with your time? You're hoping to sled? What are you going to be doing with your free time? I got to figure it out, man, because my football calendar is donezo. So let me know what you're doing out there. Maybe some ideas will spark some inspiration on my part as well. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. 312-644-6767. This is Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.